Chapter 20 of With Cortez in Mexico. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. With Cortez in Mexico by George Alfred Henty. Chapter 20 at Tlaxcala. Roger was sitting in the evening conversing with Maclutha and dementia on the probabilities of the battle that was expected to take place on that day when cuitcatl suddenly entered his robe of bright featherwork was gone the panache of floating plumes was shorn from his head his white garment was stained with blood he was overcome by exhaustion and grief no words were needed to explain what had taken place impossible as it had seemed the aztec army had been defeated a cry broke from the two ladies as he entered the white man's god has triumphed he said and the aztecs have been defeated you were right roger mere handful as they were the white men have gained the day even now i hardly know how it came about never did my countrymen fight more bravely for hours the Spaniards stood as a wall which we, in vain, tried to break. Thousands fell on our side, but not for a moment did we waver. Others took their places until, as the hours went on, the Spaniards grew weary and victory seemed in our grasp. Their horsemen had charged through and through us, but though many chiefs were slain, it mattered little. The ranks closed up, and each time they fell back on their infantry, having achieved nothing. Their horses were weary, and their attacks grew more feeble. Already our cries of victory were raised. An hour more, and not a Spaniard would have remained on foot. Just at this time my command had been ordered up, and we were fighting in the front rank. Suddenly I heard, from all parts of the field, loud cries what had happened i knew not we stood for a moment irresolute not knowing what had befallen us elsewhere then a panic seized my men in vain i shouted and ordered they were deaf to my voice they were deaf to everything save fear i was swept away with them as a leaf on a stream when at last i freed myself from the torrent and looked round i saw that the whole army was in mad flight while the whites and tlascalans like hounds in pursuit of deer were hanging on their rear slaughtering all they overtook in vain i gathered a few men and made a stand it was useless we were beaten down and overpowered with the greatest difficulty i broke away and escaped and had it not been for bethalda who fought side by side with me, I should have been taken by two or three fleet-footed Tlascalans. For the present all is lost. The fight cannot be renewed tomorrow, and before the sun sets the enemy will have reached the borders of Tlascala and will be safe there. But what was it that caused so sudden a panic in your ranks? Roger asked. It was the death of Cahuaca, our leader, the spanish horse headed as i hear by their general himself burst through our ranks 
cut their way to his litter, overthrew his bodyguard, and slew him. His death would have mattered little, as the victory was already won. We needed no further orders. We had but to keep on fighting, and the end would soon have come. It was simply a panic. None knew what had happened. The word passed from man to man, all is lost, and, like a herd of deer, our bravest soldiers fled. It is not a thing to reason about. The gods deserted us, and we were no longer men. That is all I can tell you about it. And the chief flung himself down upon a pile of rugs. Wine and food were brought to him, and his wounds dressed. Roger, he said presently, you must leave us tonight. Those of my followers who have escaped will soon make their way back, and my authority will be unable to save you. The priests would head the movement against you. You would be bound and carried to Mexico at once. The whites, in their march tomorrow, will pass along the road four miles to the north of this. Conceal yourself in a wood until morning, and join them as they come along. As to the future, you can make no plans now. You know not whether Cortez will retire to the coast and take ship there, or whether he will remain at Tlaxcala till reinforcements arrive from across the sea, and then again advance. When this is decided, you will know what course to take. Bethalda will accompany you. I have already given him orders to do so. He will bring down a message from you when you know what course has been decided on. And if you go, dear, I will go with you, Amentia said, rising and putting her hand on Roger's shoulder. Send for me, and Bethalda will escort me to you. I will bring such gems and gold as we can carry, so I shall not be a bride without a dower. You promise to send for me, do you not, Roger? Certainly I do, Roger said, pressing her to him. If I quit this land alive, you shall accompany me. I should be unworthy of your love, indeed, Amentia, were I to prove faithless to you now. I regard you as being as truly my wife as if we were already married. A short time afterwards Bethalda entered and said that a number of soldiers were gathering in the courtyard, that some priests were among them, and that they were talking loudly about carrying the white man to Mexico as a sacrifice to appease the wrath of the gods. There is no time to be lost, Cuitcatl said. You had best go, Roger, before they surround the house and make an escape impossible. I will fetch you a dark-colored robe so that you may escape, unseen, by anyone who may be approaching the house on this side. So saying, he left the room. Maclutha signed to Bethalda to follow her, and they went out, leaving Roger alone with Amentia. The girl's firmness deserted her now, and she threw herself weeping into Roger's arms. He consoled her by his assurances that their parting would not be for long, and that the next time they met, whatever the circumstances, he would make her his own. "'If we retire, and you join me in Tlaxcala,' he said, "'we will be married by Father Almedo in Christian fashion. If I return hither to you, we will be married at once, in Mexican fashion, and go through the ceremony again when we join the Spaniards. A few minutes later, Cuitcatl returned, as did Maclutha and Bethalda, the latter bearing a basket and some provisions. 
the parting was brief for the servants had brought news that the soldiers were becoming more and more clamorous and were threatening to force an entrance if the white man were not handed over to them bathalda and roger left by a small door at the back of the house and passing through the garden took their way across the country an hour's walking brought them to a wood near the road by which the spaniards would travel in the morning and there they sat down and awaited daylight it was not until some hours after sunrise that the little army was seen approaching on its flank were large bodies of natives who however contented themselves by hovering at a distance except where the ground was impracticable for the action of cavalry when they approached near enough to discharge their missiles at the line of troops as the head of the column approached roger threw on his aztec cloak and accompanied by bathalda issued from the wood and ran towards them and in two or three minutes reached the horsemen who rode in the van why sancho cortez exclaimed as roger ran up is it you we all thought you had fallen in the fight on the causeway i am glad to see that you are safe how did you escape i was like many others your excellency seized by the aztecs pulled down the causeway and thrown into a boat i should have been taken to mexico and sacrificed had it not been that the commander of the boat was a young cazique who had been my closest friend while dwelling in tezcuco he directed his men to row me across the lake and took me to his house which is but four miles away from here there i have remained having my wounds cared for until now he took part in the fight at otompan and returned last evening with the news of your wonderful victory and that you would pass along here this morning i had a narrow escape last night for some of the aztec soldiers would have seized me and taken me a prisoner to mexico but the cazique aided me to escape and gave me this follower of his as a guide he is the same man who accompanied me in my flight from tezcuco and brought me to join you at tlascala i am right glad that you have escaped sancho first because every stout arm is sorely needed secondly because marina has grieved much for your loss truly had you been her brother she could not have been more affected she is in the centre of the column you had best tarry here until she comes along and then join her she will be rejoiced to see you again marina was indeed delighted when she caught sight of roger's tall figure and greeted him with much emotion as they walked together she heard how he had escaped and she related to him how she under the guard of the tlascalans had survived the terrible fight on the causeway and then gave him a full account of the great battle on the previous day and what are we going to do now roger asked when she had finished her narration think you that we shall proceed to the coast and take ship for europe marina tossed her head scornfully you do not know cortez she said or you would not ask such a question he is already thinking how he can return and capture the capital but unless he receives large reinforcements that would seem impossible roger said you have yourself told me that had it not been for the fall of the mexican leader nothing could have saved you from destruction the aztec loss was heavy no doubt 
but they can fill up their ranks and take the field again in a week or two with a force as large as that which fought at otompan they will not be dispirited for they will know that it was but an accident which deprived them of victory and will no longer deem the spaniards invincible it matters not marina said carelessly cortez will manage things whatever he undertakes that he will carry out late in the afternoon the army arrived at the barrier across the road that marked the boundary of the tlascalan territory as they passed it the native allies burst into cries of gladness and the spaniards joined in the shout for to them too it seemed that their dangers were at an end and that they had reached rest and abundance cortez and the leaders however were by no means sanguine as to the reception they should meet with their alliance had brought misfortune upon the tlascalans little more than one thousand out of the eight thousand men who had marched with them had returned to tell the tale the rest had fallen in the defense of the palace in the fighting in the streets of mexico in the passage of the causeway or in the battle of otompan what would the tlascalans think when they saw the broken remnant of the army which had marched out so proudly and knew that they brought on themselves the bitter enmity of the whole of the people of anahuac might they not well be tempted to avert the wrath of the aztecs by falling upon the strangers whose alliance had cost them so dearly at the place at which they halted for the night a town of some fifteen thousand inhabitants they were so kindly received by the natives that these apprehensions were somewhat laid to rest the people came out to meet them invited them to their houses and treated them with the greatest hospitality here they remained three days resting after their terrible fatigues they were visited here by maxica the most influential of the four great chiefs of the tlascalans he had been their most cordial friend on their first arrival and his sentiments were in no wise changed by the misfortunes that had befallen them indeed his admiration for them was heightened by the manner in which they had withstood the whole power of the aztec nation the cordial greeting given to them by one whose counsels were of the highest authority in the tlascalan nation restored the confidence of cortez and he accepted the invitation to continue his march at once to the capital which was some fifteen miles away the sick and wounded were placed in hammocks which were carried on the shoulders of the friendly natives and as the army approached the capital crowds of people flocked out to meet them with cries of welcome and escorted them into the city cortez and his officers took up their abode in the palace of maxisca and the rest of the army were quartered in that part of the city over which he exercised special authority here they remained for some weeks during which the wounded recovered from their injuries the sick regained their strength in the bracing mountain air and the whole army shook off the effects of the terrible hardships they had undergone while retreating from mexico cortez during this time was confined to his couch the wound on the hand which he had received in the conflict in the capital had been so inflamed and aggravated that he had lost the use of two fingers and he had in the retreat received two severe wounds in the head 
one of which became so inflamed from inattention and from the fatigue and excitement he had gone through that a portion of the bone had to be removed and the general lay for some time at the point of death the news came in a day or two after the army reached its resting-place that a party of five horsemen and forty foot who had gone forward in charge of invalids and treasure from tlascala had all been massacred and twelve other soldiers marching in the same direction had also been killed upon the other hand they heard that all was quiet on the coast and the friendly demeanor of the natives there was in no way changed roger seeing that for a time nothing could be done and that the troops were all eager to retire to the coast dispatched bathalda a few days after his arrival at tlascala to amentia to say that he considered it certain that the spaniards would retire and that if she would come up to him in charge of cuitcatl whose safety he could guarantee while in tlascalan territory they might be united as malincha had promised to obtain the consent of cortez who always encouraged marriages between his followers and the natives before leaving bathalda handed to roger a small bag this he said maclutha gave to me for you it was for that purpose she drew me aside before you started she bade me not deliver it to you unless i was compelled to part from you it contains some of the principal jewels taken from the treasure-house and she said they might make you and the princess rich when you reach home they are useless to her she has no children and now that kakama has gone it is not to her who rules over tezcuco moreover these are but a small portion of the treasure in her possession roger sent his warm thanks to maclutha and after bathalda had started examined the contents of the bag which he saw at once were very valuable consisting of large pearls diamonds and other gems on the evening of the second day after starting bathalda returned alone i have very bad news he said so bad that i hardly like to tell it four days since an officer and guard arrived from mexico with orders to arrest cuitcatl who was reported by the priests in the neighborhood to have harbored a white man and to have permitted him to escape maclutha and amentia were also arrested and though treated with every personal courtesy were conducted to mexico where the officials said they were for the present to remain in seclusion in the royal palace roger was stupefied by the news what was to be done he knew not to desert amentia was not to be thought of and yet he saw no way of rejoining her still less of rescuing her in the present excited state of the aztec population it would be certain death to venture beyond the frontier of tlascala he regarded his height now as the greatest misfortune had he been short and slight he would have disguised himself as a mexican and under the guidance of bathalda have made his way to the capital but with a figure which would be instantly remarked wherever he went this would be impossible he entered the palace and sent in an urgent message to malincha who was nursing cortez she listened patiently to his narrative i pity you roger she said when he had finished but there is nothing to be done but i cannot march away and leave her he said rather than that 
i will disguise myself and take all risks even though i know that i must fail you must have patience roger she said cortez will i feel sure recover but if so it will only be to march down to the coast roger broke in the whole army are eager to be off before the mexicans can gather their forces and be ready to fall upon them the army may think what it likes and wish what it likes malinche said quietly i am sure that cortez will not go down to the coast and what he wills he does the others may grumble but cortez leads them like tame deer when he is well enough to speak to them they will listen and obey him his thoughts ill as he is are all of a fresh march to mexico hitherto roger had been as desirous as any of his comrades of a return to the coast it had seemed to him that there was no possibility of success and he longed to be on his way to europe with his indian bride but now everything was changed he had come to have a faith in cortez almost as absolute as that entertained by the general's devoted followers and he well knew that if he still thought there was a possibility of a successful march to mexico that march would be made he now therefore waited with impatience for cortez to be on his feet again but the waiting was long and tedious four weeks passed before the general was again himself as soon as he became convalescent the regulations which he issued for the army and the orders that he sent to the coast for every available man to be sent up to reinforce him showed the soldiers that he had no intentions of retiring and a remonstrance was signed by a large number of officers and soldiers against a further stay in the country but cortez was not shaken he prayed them not to discredit the great name they had won nor to leave their glorious enterprise for others more daring to finish how could they with honor desert their allies who at their persuasion had taken up arms and had shared their fortunes and so leave them to the vengeance of the aztecs to retreat now would be but to proclaim their weakness and give confidence to their foes if however there were any who preferred going home to the glory of this great enterprise then in god's name let them go he would feel stronger but with a few brave spirits with him than if surrounded by a host of false or cowardly men the troops of narvaez had been the loudest in their complaints but they were silenced now by the enthusiasm with which the soldiers of cortez responded to the appeal of their leader and all agreed to postpone their departure for the present a fresh source of danger speedily arose six aztec ambassadors arrived bearing presents and inviting the tlascalans to forget old animosities and to enter into a treaty with them all the nations of anahuac they urged should make common cause in defense of their country and they conjured them by their common religion not to allow the white men to escape from their hands but to sacrifice them at once to their gods these proposals were made at a solemn council called to receive them there had even before the arrival of the ambassadors been a strong party in tlascala who viewed the spaniards with hostility as the authors of the heavy losses they had suffered 
and as becoming by their continued stay there a burden to the state the head of this party was the young chief zicotencatl who had led the tlascalan armies in the desperate resistance they offered to the spaniards on their first coming when the ambassadors had made their offers he rose and urged his hearers to assent to the proposal saying that it were better to unite with their kindred and those of their own language faith and custom than with these fierce strangers the young warriors enthusiastically agreed but happily for the spaniards the four great chiefs one of whom was the father of zacotencatl were opposed to the proposal maxisca especially combated the idea the aztecs he said are always false in speech and false in heart it is fear that drives them now to offer their friendship to the tlascalans and when the cause for fear has passed they will again be hostile what are we to sacrifice the white men to the gods the men who have fought with us side by side against our enemies and who are now our guests were we to act thus it would be an act of the grossest perfidy zacotencatl replied but maziska losing his temper seized him and with sudden violence thrust him from the chamber so unusual a step so astonished the assembly that it silenced all opposition and the alliance with the mexicans was unanimously rejected confident now that the tlascalans were to be trusted cortez sent out expeditions composed of his own men and bodies of the allies and inflicted terrible punishment on the districts where the isolated parties of spaniards had been cut off and destroyed and defeated the natives in several hardly fought battles capturing their towns and enslaving the inhabitants having thus restored the confidence of his followers and allies he prepared for a forward movement martin lopez shipbuilder to the expedition had escaped the slaughter on the causeway and he now ordered him to build at tlascala thirteen ships which could be taken to pieces and carried on the shoulders of the indians to be launched on lake tezcuco the sails rigging and ironwork were to be brought from the coast where they had been stored since cortez had sunk his ships the tlascalans placed a great number of men at the shipbuilder's disposal timber was cut from the forest pitch an article unknown to the natives obtained from the pines new arms were manufactured powder was made with sulphur obtained from the volcanoes and the work heavy though it was was rapidly brought to a conclusion while it was going on however a terrible scourge swept over the country smallpox a disease hitherto unknown there broke out on the seacoast and swept across mexico carrying off great numbers among the victims being maxisca the faithful friend of the spaniards and cuatlahua montezuma's successor the latter was succeeded by guatemozin nephew of the last two monarchs who had married his cousin one of montezuma's daughters like cuatlahua he was a gallant prince and had distinguished himself greatly in the attacks on the spaniards in mexico he continued the preparations cuatlahua had begun for the defense but like him was greatly hampered by the fact 
that a large proportion of the tribes recently conquered by the aztecs had seized the opportunity caused by the confusion in the empire to throw off their allegiance the royal orders being really obeyed only by the population of the valley of mexico itself before starting on his march towards mexico cortez permitted several of his companions who were disinclined to face a renewal of the trials and hardships they had suffered to leave placing his best ship at their disposal their loss was more than made up by the capture of two vessels sent by velasquez who was ignorant of the fate which had befallen narvaez and who considered it certain that cortez was a prisoner in his hands the ships sailed into port where the captains and crews were at once seized and were then easily persuaded to join cortez two ships fitted out by the governor of jamaica also put into port to repair damages after a storm and their crews were also persuaded by the liberal promises of cortez to abandon their service and join him he thus received a reinforcement of at least a hundred and fifty well-armed men together with fifty horses but this was not the end of the good fortune of cortez a merchant ship laden with arms and military stores touched at cuba and the captain hearing of the discoveries in mexico thought that he should find a good market there he therefore sailed to vera cruz where his ship and cargo were purchased by cortez and the crew swelled the force under him by christmas everything was ready for the advance the army now amounted to six hundred men forty of whom were cavalry with eighty musketeers and crossbow men it had also nine cannon taken from the ships the force of the native allies which joined them was estimated at from one hundred and ten thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand and consisted not only of the tlascalan troops but of those of cholula tepiaca and other neighboring towns who after their defeat by cortez had submitted themselves to the spanish rule but cortez had no idea of taking all these with him as it would be difficult to obtain provisions for such a host and he left them behind to bring on the vessels when completed and to aid in further operations he himself marched with the spaniards and a small body of allies and reached tezcuco without opposition the prince whom montezuma had appointed to succeed cacama fearing the vengeance of the population had fled to tlascala but returning in hopes of finding a party there in his favor was seized and put to death by coanaco another brother who had been recognized as king by the tezcucans when the spaniards approached the city they found it almost entirely deserted the inhabitants having fled across the lake to mexico their ruler had accompanied them and cortez appointed another brother in his place this prince lived but a few months and was succeeded by another member of the royal house the prince who had during cacama's lifetime obtained a large portion of his dominion and who proved a valiant and faithful ally of the spaniards in their struggle with his countrymen the tezcucans gradually returned after cortez had nominated a new sovereign and cortez at once set a large number of them 
to dig a canal from the town itself to the lake, so that the men putting together the ships could labor under his very eye. Several of the cities round sent in to make their submission, and a week after his arrival Cortes marched, with a body of Spaniards and allies, against Iztapalapan, a town of fifty thousand inhabitants, lying near the narrow tongue of land, dividing the great lake from that of Xochicalco. The natives came out to meet them, and fought bravely, but were driven into the city. The greater part of those who could not escape were slaughtered. While engaged in the work of plunder, the Spaniards were alarmed by a rush of water, the natives having broken the bank of the great lake. The troops with the greatest difficulty escaped with their lives, many of the allies being drowned. The fate of Iztapalapan excited consternation among the other cities, and many sent in to make their submission, among them Otompan and Chalco. Not only had the Mexican empire fallen to pieces by the detachment of its distant provinces, but even near home long smoldering rivalries broke into flame. The Aztecs were but a small portion even of the people of the Valley of Mexico, and the greater portion of these were glad to take advantage of the distress of the capital to break up the union that had so long existed. Cortes, by promises and presents, assisted the work. After some weeks' stay at Tezcuco, the news came that the ships were all completed and ready to be carried down, and two hundred foot and fifteen horse, under the command of Sandoval, were sent to escort them. But scarcely had he reached the frontier of Tlaxcala than he saw a vast procession advancing. The ships had already been put together and tried on a lake among the hills, and now were being brought down in pieces by an immense number of porters with a great military escort. Sandoval sent the larger portion of the Indian escort home, but kept twenty thousand of the best warriors. After four days of painful labor, the host of porters and fighting men reached Tezcuco. It was, indeed, an immense undertaking that had been accomplished, for the whole of the wood and ironwork of thirteen ships had to be carried for upwards of sixty miles over a difficult and mountainous country. A few days later, Cortes took half of his Spanish force and the whole of his allies, and started on an expedition to reconnoitre the capital, and to punish some of the towns which had returned insolent answers in reply to his summons. The town of Zaltocan, standing on an island, was first attacked. The dike leading to it was found to be cut through, and the Spaniards, for a time, suffered greatly. They found a ford, however, reached the town, and put all who resisted to the sword. Three other towns, which had been deserted by their inhabitants, were occupied and sacked. They then marched against Tlacopan, and, after a battle outside the town, occupied the suburbs. Another hot fight was necessary before the town was fully taken. Here the Spaniards halted for some days, fighting almost daily with the Aztecs. In one encounter, Cortes allowed himself to be decoyed on to the great causeway upon which he had before suffered such disaster. When he was halfway across, the Aztecs turned, 
reinforcements arrived from the city swarms of canoes attacked the spaniards in flank and it was only after desperate fighting and some loss that they regained the mainland having accomplished their object the force returned to tezcuco greatly harassed on the march by the enemy other expeditions were undertaken during these events the work of putting together the vessels was continued and to the great satisfaction of the spaniards news reached them from the coast of the arrival of three ships with reinforcements two hundred men seventy or eighty horses arms and ammunition when these reached tezcuco cortez felt confident that he should now be able to overcome all opposition on the fifth of april he again started on an expedition passing through some deep gorges he attempted to carry a mountain fortress but was repulsed with loss from the volleys of stones and rocks rolled down upon the assailants after several other battles they neared zocimilco one of the richest of the aztec towns like mexico it stood in the water but at a small distance from the edge of the lake this was only captured after desperate fighting cortez himself having a narrow escape of his life the next morning at dawn great numbers of aztecs landed from canoes and fell upon the spaniards and it was only after a long and desperate struggle that the latter gained the day they now continued their march to tlacopan the enemy following closely and striking whenever they saw an opportunity and the troops were glad indeed when they again reached tezcuco by this time the canal was finished and the ships were put together and after discovering and punishing another conspiracy against his life cortez gave orders for the fleet to advance solemn mass was held and then the vessels in the sight of an enormous concourse of people dropped down the canal one after the other and reached the lake cortez mustered his men and found that he had eighty-seven horse eight hundred and eighteen foot of which one hundred and eighteen were musketeers or crossbowmen three large iron field pieces and fifteen light brass guns three hundred of the men were told off to man the ships the indian confederates arrived punctually fifty thousand tlascalans and a vast number of levies from the other tribes the army was divided into three corps one was to take up its post under alvarado at tlacopan another under olid was to aid in capturing the causeway while sandoval had command of the third whose movements were to be determined by circumstances cortez himself took charge of the fleet a quarrel arose between a spanish soldier and a tlascalan chief who was a relation of zicotencatl who at once left the army and started for tlascala he had always been bitterly hostile to the spaniards and cortez saw that unless the movement was stopped it might become very serious he sent a party of natives after him with instructions to prevail upon him if possible to return he refused to do so cortez dispatched a body of cavalry in pursuit arrested him in tlascala brought him down to tezcuco and there hung him in the sight of his own countrymen the divisions of alvarado and olid met with no resistance in establishing themselves at tlacopan they cut the reservoir that supplied the city with fresh water the great lake being salt 
the next day the two divisions marched on to the causeway to make themselves masters if possible of the first bridge the natives pursued their former tactics desperately defending barricades thrown across the causeway and attacking the invaders with a crowd of missiles from canoes after a long and obstinate fight the spaniards and their allies were obliged to fall back with considerable loss and olid drew off with his division to his station commanding the other causeway is tlapalapan having been again occupied by the enemy sandoval's division attacked them by land while cortez with his fleet lay off the shore after capturing the town cortez turned his attention to the canoes of the natives which darkened the surface of the lake at this moment a fresh breeze sprang up and the ships spreading their canvas dashed amongst the canoes overturning and destroying great numbers while the cannon tore others to pieces with discharges of bullets and comparatively few succeeded in regaining the city it was now getting nearly dark and the fleet coasted along the great southern causeway to the fort of zolok where another branch of the causeway joined the main dike the fort was feebly garrisoned cortez landed his soldiers and carried it by storm here he established his headquarters landing some of the cannon from the ships to strengthen the position he was now within half a league of the city and two out of the three great approaches were already in his hands night and day the natives attacked the garrison but the ships and the guns in positions repulsed their assaults after some days delay a simultaneous attack was made by the spaniards two of the ships one on each side of the causeway advanced abreast of the army sweeping the dike with their fire the enemy were driven back and cortez passing gap after gap reached the island on which the city stood behind them as they advanced the native allies filled up the breaches and made them practicable for artillery and cavalry and as soon as the work was completed the spaniards who had already passed were reinforced by large numbers of their allies End of chapter twenty